Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Rams in White Finance for Property Investors podcast. I'm Joel White, Group Director and Founder of Rams in White. For those of you who don't know who we are, so Rams in White is a specialist mortgage brokerage set up specifically to help property investors like yourselves fund their deals. We work with investors up and down the country and we also work with foreign nationals and expats investing here in the UK. Uh, we've been shortlisted for buy to let broker, small broker, specialist broker. 2020 by the Mortgage Awards and recently shortlisted for Best Bridging Broker by the NECFB Awards, uh, which we're very proud of. And today I bring to you another great episode and we're very, very fortunate to have a really experienced uh, property professional in the funding market, Andy Virgo. So Andy Virgo is the Sales buy to Let Director at LendInvest. And Lend Invest is a lender that we've been dealing with for some time now. Um, they're a specialist lender and they've got some very unique products available to our clients. And Andy, as I said, is a very experienced professional in the funding market. So I thought it'd be a great idea to bring him onto the podcast and therefore he could share his experience of what's happening, how Lend Invest have positioned themselves in the market to help investors like yourselves keep moving their deals forward, keep funding projects. And ultimately, his kind of view on what's going on. So, Andy, hello and welcome to the show. Hi, Joel. Thanks for this. No problem at all. It's good to, good to have you on. Um, so, Andy, do you want to let the audience know kind of who you are, what your role is, and, and maybe a bit about LendInvest? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so, I joined LendInvest uh, just over three years ago. <clears throat> so, I joined LendInvest just over three years ago in the sales team. Um, very much focused on bringing to market our buy-to-let proposition. Um, and for a company that was established in 2008 as a bridging lender, um, subsequently moved into development uh, a few years later, three years ago, we actually, or three years ago this Christmas, we actually launched our buy-to-let proposition. Um, <clears throat> it's been something that I've been very proud of, being part of a great team that's delivered something that is very innovative, we're very different to other lenders, and as such, we've been very successful this last nearly three years, it'll be three years Christmas, um, and a great sign of our um, success was last year, 2019, we were voted the NACFB Best Buy to Let Lender, which was quite an accolade after only two, two years of trading. I remember I was there that night, wasn't I? So yes, I remember there was, it <laughs> yeah, there was another lender that thought they were going to win and they, and they were, they didn't get it. So you beat them there and, um, and rightly so. So I remember that year there's, um, a number of products that launched it, um, helped a lot of our clients. So congratulations for that. And, uh, yeah, again, thank you for taking the time. I know you're really busy, um, come on and share your experience with us. Um, so you, you mentioned there that you, that Lend Investor fairly different quite unique lender. What makes you guys different to kind of other lenders in the marketplace? Well, we're not um, regulated by the PRA, uh, the Prudential Regulatory Authority, as most of our peers are. Uh, there's a couple of us in the industry left without that uh, authority overseeing what we do. Uh, so we're able to work slightly differently when it comes to dealing with portfolio landlords, the stress tests that we use, 
uh, for portfolio landlords. So from a product perspective, um, we are able to assist more borrowers uh, borrow more, get greater leverage. Um, predominantly, we are funded by a couple of different financial institutions um, and spread our um, we, we spread our funding out between a couple of different places. So we're never going to be hopefully short of funding. Ultimately, that means that we, we lend money, we then sell the loan book, we securitize, and then we go again. So the more securitizations we do, the more um, <clears throat> funding lines we have access to, the more money we can lend, the more we can grow. And we are on, embarking on further growth at the moment. We were particularly lucky to kind of securitize pre-lockdown, uh, which enabled us to, to keep lending through lockdown, but I'm sure we'll cover that at some point later. The big standout for us is technology. Um, we're less of a, of a bank, we're more of a fintech. Um, on that note, we are using everything we can to streamline the process, speed up the process. Of, so for a broker, um, there's less to provide by way of uh, physical information because we can give, gather that through many um, uh, online sources. And also for the borrower itself, it means they, have to, they don't have to supply as much when it comes to uh, actually securing their mortgage. So we've got a fully online proposition um, and e-signatures. There's, there's um, all sorts that we do to, to drive the, the process to be as quick as possible whilst not losing the human touch when it comes to the actual physical underwrites. Uh, yeah, I, I'd agree in terms of the, the fintech and the technology. I was going to touch base on it. Um, it definitely sets you apart with a num from, an, from, an, from an, a number of the other lenders because of just the speed of the transaction. Um, we've noticed it, our borrowers have noticed it. Um, you know, we've had a recently of yourselves, we had an auction purchase go through on the bridge and bridging should be, tends to, should be quick finance anyway, but we've found with certain lenders, it's not always the case. Um, and every deal is slightly different, but in this scenario, it went through super quick. The client was happy. They could exit with you guys onto your buy-to-let proposition, which worked nicely for them as well. So I think keeping up to speed with the, I mean, you've got high street lenders, right? You, who have been around for years. So you've got a borrower saying, well, why don't I use the high street lenders? Why would I use this lender? And it goes, well, you know, what do you want from the deal? You know, do you want speed? Do you want creativity? Do you want to get the deal done? Um, products are still competitive. And what you guys are, are able to do while having te the technology involved is like just speed up that process and make that customer's journey so much more efficient and likely that they're going to use you guys again. And, and, and that's so important to especially investors who are building a portfolio, which is actually treated like a business. When you go to your like to your high street kind of lenders or your commercial high street lenders, there's multiple layers you've got to go through, and um, the systems are very clunky. It just slows everything down, and unfortunately slows that that borrower's business down as well. When you when you go back to the beginning of the year, um, if you look at sourcing systems, that's that's where people, that's where brokers used to go for their uh, um, best available products. Um, and there was little attention. It was more attention paid to rates than there was service. In the current climate where lenders are so busy, uh, a, lot of people, a lot of lenders are working fully from home, some partly from home still, not able to cope with capacity. Um, it's all, it, there's as much emphasis from a, from, a, from a broker's recommendation to their client 
around service and speed of return as much as there is rates. Um, the rates are very much similar between lenders. It's the service that differentiates us. Um, and that's where we believe that we have stepped up in the league of lenders. Um, you know, we were, very, we were totally unknown uh, three years ago, and here we are now. I'd like to think we are within our sphere of, of kind of influence with, amongst our peers. We're now in the top five. Yeah, I'd agree. So you obviously started as a bridging lender. You now are in buy to let HMOs, limited company lending, development. I mean, limited company as in SPVs. Where across the kind of broad range of products you offer, are you seeing any trends across them? Is there, is there more of a demand for buy to let at the moment or HMOs? What, what are you seeing from the lender's point of view? Incredible, well, the incredible stat at the moment is that for, for the first time in, oh, I don't know how long, the, the purchases are outweighing, uh, buy to let purchases are outweighing remortgages by quite some margin. Wow. Um, and that's obviously brought on by the stamp duty holiday. Um, people are using the fact that <clears throat> until the end of uh, March next year, they can benefit from a reduction in stamp duty. Um, and, and that's what's bringing about uh, business for us and, and making all of us as, as specialist lenders uh, as busy as we are. Um, I don't think we foresaw it. I don't, you know, when it, came back to, when it came to July and we were looking at coming back to lending, we didn't know how big the market was. Um, everybody was looking over each other's shoulders of what we were doing in terms of products um, and, and appetite. And things certainly back at that time were not um, where we are today. You know, we've kept an eye on the market, we've wa watched what's happening, we've kept an eye on uh, what brokers are asking for us, from us, for their customers, what they're uh, having. Um, requested of them because that's where we get our intelligence from people like you joe and feeding back that, that that there's an opportunity in a certain area so the trends we're seeing at the moment are very much on on student lets uh the student let market was was pretty much dead um during lockdown uh the, the students are now coming back you've got a lot more uh, students looking to go to university where the fact where they there aren't the jobs available um, there's potentially an oversupply um, of students compared to um, availability of accommodation. That sees that seen us see a lot of applications for the inner city um, blocks of flats that are very student based, uh, student focused, um, which kind of can potentially negatively impact some of the HMO owners that are slightly out of town out of city um, that have had good HMO business over the years with students uh, in their accommodation now losing them to kind of inner city uh, inner city uh, uh, developments um, leverage in the type of market that we're in leverage is always key um, that's something that we're always going to see that's what, why people come to us uh, and they don't go to the, the high street. Anybody with a 40, 50% deposit or that much equity is gonna go to the, the, the lenders with the interest rate starting with, with the ones and the twos. Um, next, in terms of uh, properties and uh, portfolios incorporating, landlords realizing that 
uh, and seeing in their tax return in April that they are certainly not <laughs> benefiting from owning portfolios in their personal name. They're incorporating portfolios at the moment. So we're seeing a lot of that whilst this stamp duty holiday is uh, uh, in place. But a negative for us and all of us in the area uh, that we specialise in is, is the amount of flats we've cladding. Uh, that's a that's a tough subject for us and uh, uh, an area that hardly any of us as lenders can can assist with moving forward and hopefully the government can can find a solution to that yeah on that last point now I remember speaking to um, a friend of mine who runs an estate agents and um, they're based um, in a location which they're surrounded by flats right so their business core business is selling these flats but at the moment they just can't they can sell them in terms of they can get offers but they can't get lending um due to that cladding issue so i really hope that can be resolved because you know it's not just the borrowers or the buyer the borrowers looking to get buy the properties or the sellers trying to sell but also the people trying to um market it and make a living from that as well so um it is an issue um student lets i'd agree i, I mean going just come out, coming out of the kind of lockdown, we started to notice a lot more inquiries for student kind of products, but there wasn't much lending going on because I, bet, I guess the lenders didn't really know what was happening with the universities. Are they going to be like people learning from home or are they going to be reopening and all this stuff? But now if you, if you look like our head office is in Cardiff, there's four universities down here. If you go and look in some of the key locations of where the students kind of HMOs are, it's, 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 it's busy again. You can see there's activity. There is definitely students here ready to go to these universities. So there is a, a demand for them and properties. I was running the other evening. I run past my old student accommodation. It was four. I could see them having a party. I was like, well, not a party, but, you know, the lights were on, the music was on. Um, yeah. I, and it, I think, the, I think that, that historically, you know, we've, we've been worried through this lockdown and we've, we've kept an eye on the market through the lockdown and, and, and emerging from it. We've kept an eye on what's going on with the, with the economy, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think at the end of the day, it comes back to the fact that, that kids, you know, let's call them kids, they, they want to go and have a social life. They want to move away from home and go and enjoy the social side of going to a university. Um, and we have to admit that, that that's happening and accept that fact. And, and on that basis, we made the decision recently to go back into that market. Um, you know, we, we, one thing that, that, that is a criticism of the market is when lenders advertise that they are in a certain part of the market and then you make applications as a broker uh, and uh, those applications aren't honoured. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we've prided ourselves with LendInvest, within LendInvest is to make sure it's a cliche but we do what it says on the tin so what you do find is that that there are lenders who are offering student let uh, um, loans at the moment but they come in with so many caveats and uh, and restrictions that you often find that the the, the loans not forthcoming um, we're very proud to say that that this is a sector that we definitely su successful in in the past and moving forward from what we've learned, uh, the student-led sectors is something that we want to support as long as things continue as they are. Um, we're going to keep an eye on, uh, on what's happening in the economy, what's happening with uh, diseases and, and COVID and, and, and just react accordingly. We have to protect our investors at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. I think one of the main concerns we had going into like COVID is, okay, what 
what does that mean to our business? What does it mean to the our lenders going to um, still fund? And actually, what we noticed was lenders were trying to change and adapt their offering so they could actually trade through COVID and be here on the other side. And I thought that was really responsible. I'll take my hat off to a lot of the lenders, including yourselves, who managed to do that because. You know, if you look at like 2007, 2008, where it was a credit crisis, I'd say right now it isn't a credit crisis. It's a kind of medical crisis, which is leading leading on to a number of other things that's having an impact on the economy as a whole. But we've got to learn from our experience. And I think, you know, with capital adequacy, the banks are more well funded now. They're more set up. They've learned. They're trying to lend responsibly and they're paying more attention to kind of what's going on in the market. And I think communication is key. Like we speak, you know, weekly we speak with other business development managers, directors, sales directors, let, listening to our clients, what's going on, where's, where is the demand coming from and how can, is, is that demand suitable? What's the risk to us or you guys as a lender and how will it work? And just applying some common sense. But the main thing is that you, you've managed to adapt and trade through it sensibly, which is a good thing for us as our business and it's a good thing for our investors and we should, we should encourage it. Yes, loan to values did go down slightly, but you're starting to see them come up sensibly. Um, and I think it's good to have that sensible approach. So that kind of leads me on to, you know, we've seen a lot of opinions, we've seen a lot of uh, information in the market how have you seen it perform like coming out of covid you know how, coming out of lockdown should i say how have you seen the market since coming out of lockdown and your views on yeah. that and kind of where you guys are at the moment well, you, you you're obviously way too young to remember the last credit crunch yeah. um and some of us old enough to to have kind of traded through it and um and and, and on that basis um we uh this time around see banks with money um, and the securitization, the capital markets, securitization markets are open. So whilst initially they were, they were closed in the early stages, which is why some lenders close shop or reduce loan to values to, to reduce uh, people's appetite, um, there's, the money's there, the money's there to lend. Um, so coming out, um, well, during the lockdown and during the, the fact that valuers weren't visiting, we were busy uh, accepting applications that we were formally offering on subject to a physical valuation and we were developing our own desktop valuation product uh, called buy to let plus which we managed to get launched about 10 days before the, the the world started unlocking again and valuers started to come back to market so for us um, we're prepared for the future but in, for, for the previous um, lockdown we the buy to let plus products didn't hit didn't hit the mark yeah. um, since returning really um, as I said earlier we didn't really know how big the market was we were trying to dip our toe in the water sorry a major storm has just broken and yeah. uh, apologies for the noise no, so fine. yeah so so um, Coming out of lockdown, we didn't know how big the market was, and we were dipping our toe in the water. We'd re-forecast a couple of times for a couple of different eventualities, uh, worst case scenarios. I don't think we could have expected to be quite as uh, buoyant as it currently is. Um, you know, we were able to transition 
overnight to working from home and we're all still working from home now. Um, nobody's in the office and we don't really have any intention to go back to the office. And we haven't, in that, none of that's impacted negatively our, our clients. Um, you know, the, the, the diversity of funding that we have means that we've been able to carry on business as, as usual. Um, so for us, we haven't encountered anything that's been an issue coming back to lending. Um, we've got a great culture in the business. Uh, everybody tends to own uh, anything that comes to them in terms of problems. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, it's service that's key at the moment. So it's about being as quick as we can to get back uh, to brokers and, and set expectations around uh, timescales. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't knock the service. I think it's key for the clients, especially with everything that has gone on. And like what we said to our clients is what we can see in the, at the moment is that funding is still readily available. Uh, loan to values are, are fairly stable. And the cost for funds is, is still competitive. So if they can find projects that work, you know, they can add value to, get decent yields and add uh, credible projects to their portfolio, then it all works, right? So it's actually key. How do you see the future for landlords? I mean, a lot of our business going towards the end of last year was all a lot of HMOs. We're seeing a lot of HMOs. And, and the reason for that is, I think that the investors just wanted higher yields in their portfolio, especially the tax changes. Um, we've seen some move into SA as well. Um, but with everything that's happening on, in the economy at the moment, how do you see the future kind of panning out for landlords as a whole? Um, yeah. A lot, a lot of changes. Well, the, the fact that the, the eviction uh, issue has been sorted out is key. Um, albeit that there's a, a six month period where people have got to wait. Um, the fact that the eviction uh, rules are, are, are now uh, agreed and finalised is, is good for landlords. Um, and any advice to landlords out there at the moment is, you know, in terms of the future, is just keep in dialogue with your tenants um, to, to kind of make sure that you're, you have a line of communication where you are going to understand as early as possible if somebody's heading for a bit of a financial problem and then you can negotiate or agree a, a plan for you both moving forward. I mean, as far as the, the time scales up until the end of the financial year, up until March 31st, it's full steam ahead. You've got not only the stamp duty holiday uh, finishing 31st of March, but you've also got help to buy finishing on the 31st of March. Um, so there's a lot of talk at the moment about getting applications for mortgages in as soon as possible, mm -hmm. because there's ultimately going to be a bottleneck um, as we go into next uh, next year and, and we head in towards the end of the first quarter next year. Um, and I think March next year will be probably the big, biggest and busiest month for, for all lenders across all of the, the, the investment sector and residential mortgage sector ever. Um, I think at the moment, next year's purchases are being brought forward. I think landlords have kind of used lockdown to look at the, the, their, their, their um, plans. Um, and as such, when the those plans, 
advantage of property that's available at the moment because there's certainly a lot of stock out there there's certainly a lot of property available to buy um post 2012 sorry 2012 post post 2021 uh, uh march i would think that the savvy landlord will possibly be able to pick up a few bargains that haven't sold um and properties that uh, might have been in slightly different areas uh, could be available so you know there's opportunity out there opportunity in the property um and for us from a lender's point of view it's up to us to make sure that we're prepared and ready to help uh borrowers during this next what five five months or so six months you know the, the last thing we want as lenders is people coming to us in january february next year with purchases that need to complete by march and we can't assist them so rest assured that we're doing an awful lot of work and there'll be some announcements soon uh, as to how we are looking to guarantee completions before the end of March. So um, people can still keep buying in confidence through early next year. We've seen a lot of um, commercial landlords uh, approach us about buy-to-let investments. And when I dig deeper into it, the reason is they, they've had strong returns from their commercial portfolio but they're trying to offset some of the void periods that they've seen over covid where the commercial tenants just simply couldn't pay because or wouldn't pay because their business was was just in lockdown and couldn't operate and um they are diversifying into the buy to let market because they just want to balance out that portfolio where they're too heavily kind of in one kind of category around the other and we've seen a lot of inquiries and that made me dig deeper and i've seen a, a report around in q2 that of 100 percent of commercial tenants only 18 percent paid their rent in q2 now that was one of the uh lend, one of the lenders that kind of wrote that report but so i don't know how many that was over how many landlords were surveyed but i, I got the figure of 18 percent, which it means there is a debt there that's built up and that's going to create opportunity um but we're going to see a lot of people move feel a bit of pain there and going to move away from the commercial space yeah i mean we, i was speaking only this morning to a commercial lender a more commercial lender who uh uh quoted at the moment that they're struggling terribly with their semi-commercial um uh loans due to that fact you know the fact that the the commercial element is is struggling so much due to voids or, or people vacating the premises. Um, you know, let's be honest, the, the, the one thing that the UK has is a great housing, um, a great economy within the housing market. And there's, there's over demand compared to supply. Mm. Um, there's issues for, for people getting on, uh, getting on the housing ladder. There's people that during lockdown um, have a drunk too much, b argued too much, and c ended up getting divorced. Even yeah. so, there are, there are people that are splitting up and, and moving into rented accommodation, whilst they wait to see what happens in the future. Will I get a new partner? Do I want to get back on the housing ladder? What's going to be available? So you know, I can't. I can totally understand anybody wanting to get involved in this sector at the moment because the yields are generally going to stay pretty much where they are because the demand is so high. Yeah, when I speak to I spoke to a number of the buy to let lenders and I said, how did you perform in, you know, during the last recession? And they said one of the one of the stronger products against like all investment products, buy to let 
although it didn't do as well as they did previously, did outperform a lot of the other products. So I thought that was quite an interesting thing. Um, we've just launched an estate agent about six weeks ago, and I was a bit like, how's it going to be? How's it going to pan out? Because um, of the whole lockdown and valuation stuff. But since we've launched, we've done, I think, around 30 odd valuations. We've taken on 17 properties, and the MD in that company is saying, it's just the phones don't stop ringing. You know, there's, there's such a pent up demand for people that want to move, either, like you said, downsizing, divorce, relocation, um, just fed up of where they've been in lockdown, that kind of like, let's just get things done before anything else happens again. So, I mean, if funding is there available for it, then why not uh, move forward? Yeah, there's two sides to the coin as well. I mean, speaking from personal uh, situation, you know, where I live, um, on the south coast, the, the, the number of properties that's up for sale is, is incredible and they're all selling. Um, but there's come a time now where, e or even now, some of the prices are being reduced because there is such a supply. Mm -hmm. There's such an amount of stock that's on the market. The, 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 the competition is rife. People are looking to take advantage of the stamp duty. It's like a game of poker at the moment. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, it's, it's literally, do I, do I sell for a reduced price and go and buy somewhere else? knowing that I'm going to save the stamp duty. So for us, you know, my wife and I, we're not, we're not going to move now because we know that we put our house on the market. Mm -hmm. the, the price will just get driven down yeah. whilst potentially having to pay top dollar elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so what are we doing? We're giving money to our uh, step, or my stepdaughter, my, my wife's daughter, mm -hmm. instead for her to get on the property ladder. So, yeah. you know, we're delaying our plans and helping her. So, and that's kind of the real life example of what's happening within families around the UK. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think because if you look at the residential lending market where loan to values have dropped slightly, that they do need these kind of first time buyers will need help from, you know, bank of mum and dad to kind of gap, like plug that gap on the, on the loan to value, especially if you, if you're not looking to move yourselves. Um, but also that is, again, if they can't plug that gap, then then properties are still going to be people that need to sell have to sell investors are going to come in drive the price down and create opportunity um, and if i can't travel abroad for my holidays then what else do i do with my money <laughs> yeah 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 um okay cool so let's look at one of the two questions we've been asked recently by our audience is how are lenders looking at mortgage payment holidays if they've been taken and uh, we know a lot of uh, people have had to take them and then uh, bounce back loans how they looked at so from lending best point of view how would you yeah. how do you view that interesting we were we were very quickly out of the traps on this because we were able to as a fintech as a business that is able to use the technology that's available to us we we could very quickly understand uh what somebody's current financial position was via the use of open banking you know, we, we promote and, uh, and try and uh, educate on the use of open banking as a way for a lender to make it easier, sorry, for a lender to get a, an accurate decision made much more quickly for the broker. So everybody wins. It takes us less time to, uh, make an to, to, to underwrite an application. We require less information from the broker. We require less information from the client. So using open banking to be able to actually um, delve into somebody's credit profile from an up-to-date 
real-time perspective means that we're quite happy with people who have taken payment holidays not necessarily payment holidays that they needed you know they were possibly poorly advised or they just took them just in case so people that took payment holidays people that have bounce back loans loans within their businesses they're absolutely fine the caveat is from a payment holiday perspective if you are still struggling due to the performance of your portfolio and the um, tenants not paying rent um, then that's something we're going to identify and we're going to be uh, quite averse to to getting involved in uh, and equally bounce back loans you can't use them for deposits um, those bounce back loans can be used for property refurbishment or, or whatever you want to do within your SPV limited company um, but but not for not for deposits so you know, to summarise, open door uh, policy will insist on the use of open banking. Uh, and you know what? We're even rewarding people at the moment with a £200 cash back on any application uh, for using open banking. I mean, be behind the, the, the behind, what's behind that is the fact that it obviously speeds things up for us, uh, as I said, at a time when, uh, when we want to, things sped up. Um, so the less information we have to ask for from a client, the quicker we, the more quickly we can get onto the underwrite, that's less incentivized people to do that. And that cashback can be used against the legal costs uh, the client's going to incur. Okay, thank you. So just a quick one on the bounce back loans. We've heard some bridging lenders uh, suggest that they would be comfortable if a borrower um, used a bounce back loan as a deposit and then they put the bridge in place. Um, now, most lenders that we're working with that's not the case obviously that's not what the bounce back loan was is being designed for uh, it's more operational costs right but we have heard that so what i want to ask so if anyone is out there listening and planning to do that obviously you've got to look at an exit so the exit will be like a buy to let refinance hmo refinance is it fair to say that lend invest would probably look at how that property has been funded in the first place so we use the bridging loan okay and where's the deposit come from i'll use the bounce back loan and therefore it, it could potentially be declined because they funded yeah. it 100 percent from yeah we, we would we would frown on that totally yeah. frown on that yeah uh, it's not it's not the reason for the bounce back loan uh, it wasn't why it was um why it was uh released uh, and it's not the right use of it as far as we're concerned yeah, it's, I'm glad you answered that because I just want to make it clear to the borrowers who are listening, who are thinking about doing it, because they have, I mean, it was 12 months interest free, you know, up to 50,000. We've seen a lot of borrowers take out this money where they didn't need it, um, but they've been advised to by accountants, by their peers, um, and by what's happening on, I guess, in the, in the economy, um, but then have then started pushing to see if they can borrow against it and and i think they could find themselves in in situations where you know they've done that they own an asset and they've got high cost leverage on it lending on it and um how can they exit out of it so i just want to make sure that people don't find themselves in that position and making sure their exit strategy is is robust um okay cool what um Since coming back to the market then, what's kind of some, been some of your biggest, biggest challenges? There's been a lot of hurdles getting back into the market. What, what have you guys found um, coming back? Because is it competition, loan to values, product rates? Well, I mean, initially we had to adapt our offering um, based on the climate that we were in. Um, 
you know, we have funding lines where we are trying to build up a quality book of loans with a view of uh, selling those loans for the best return yeah. uh, and we go again. So we had to be very careful and very mindful of the, of the market um, that, that we were in. So we took our time to monitor it. We looked at the economy. We looked at um, what feedback we were getting from brokers um, and what we were seeing in the press. I mean, the challenge initially was we, we didn't know how big the market was. So I kind of referenced it potentially before. We, we forecast down, we, we forecast up. We, we had all sorts of um, scenarios ahead of us. So for, for us, the, the, the challenge was making sure that we um, had available what was required, what was wanted as for, by landlords. Um, the open banking was something that we we promoted because it was the right thing to do for the right reasons for both speed and accuracy. Um, and we recognised that with business development managers not, not able to get out to meet brokers to create awareness and educate and discuss cases that are on the desk, we had to change how we interacted um, with, with our broker partners as a business. Um, and, and as such, we kicked off uh, a webinar series whereby any updates that we make to our proposition, we don't just release them as, hey, today we're launching uh, HMO uh, mortgages to students. We actually conducted a webinar where all of our latest updates were explained and justified. Why are we doing what we're doing um, and why we think now is the right time to do it? Um, you know, the introduction of our latest uh, proposition, the, the refresh the, or the extension of our existing buy to let proposition that kind of really hit the ground running on the 23rd of July uh, when we started to see some uh, real green shoots. I think we're probably 85% back to where we were post uh, pre-lockdown. Um, there's still some areas where we, uh, we're, we're monitoring and, and we're going to be as uh, a little bit uh, backwards in coming forwards, but predominantly what you see is 85 uh, to 90% back to where we were. Okay, and what um, what I noticed of you guys recently just launched the um, an 80% buy-to-let product, right? Can yeah. you talk to us about that? Because that's one of the first things we get asked is, you know, what's the maximum loan to value we can have, what's available, and Obviously, 80% 80 is a good product. I think 75% is sensible leverage. 80% um, still works, some portfolios. So, But tell us a bit about the product and how it works and what's available to the clients. So we, we were very, very uh, concerned about bringing an 80% product back to the market. Um, housing market is up 5%. Um, we only need, um, you know, the, the, the future, the, the, there's worse to come. There is worse to come in Q4 2020. Um, so, when, when you say that, sorry to interrupt, Danny. What does that mean? What does, what does that mean? What, it, there's worse to come. What we when in the housing market, funders. Yeah. What, what are we talking about? From your, no, I'm talking your more from, from from a tenant profile. You know, yeah. the the unemployment yeah. uh, potentially that's going to going to hit us. Any future lockdown, businesses closing. Yeah, there's all sorts of, uh, you know, lack of support from, uh, uh, lack of available support from governments, from employers, 
Um, potentially the worst is yet to come when it comes to, to, to employment, which is going to impact landlords. Yeah. So if that's the case, a 5% rise now followed by a 10% drop is a 5% loss. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're at an 80% loan to value um, now, um, and you've added a fee on top of that, you're at 81, 82% loan to value, mm-hmm. and then the property market uh, uh, hits a bit of a, of a bumpy period, you are potentially a mortgage prisoner in, mm-hmm. in your investment property, and you only face them with selling it for, for, for hopefully a small profit, minimal loss, or break even. Um, so we were very cautious about bringing back our own, our own 80% loan-to-value product, and we don't expect it to be a huge seller. Um, and from a price and um, pricing risk perspective, uh, we have to price in the risk that things may go wrong. So from an interest rate wise, it is quite a lot higher than our 75% uh, loan to value product, which uh, in terms of the sourcing systems, in terms of what's available in the market amongst our peers, when you add uh, the cash backs that are available um, is one of, if not the uh, most cost effective over the term uh, mortgages that's available, uh, five year fixed at 75%. So We've limited the maximum loan to value to 80%. So that's 80% gross. You can't add the fee above it. Um, so we're limiting to this, to this 80% ceiling in the hope that, that there'll still be equity in properties should the worst case happen. But uh, we, we don't, it's a limited edition. We're going to see what happens in the market. Um, it's for experienced landlords. It's for standard property. Uh, we want landlords to have a minimum income of £40,000 across all their applicants. Uh, all the applicants involved because we want to know that they can cover voids. We need the landlords to be able to cover their outgoings and cover voids um, if they potentially come. So we, we, you've got two lenders out there. One's offering 80% uh, price exactly the same as ourselves. Uh, another one's offering 85% because they're new back to the market. They're trying to fill their pipeline. Um, do you know what? Is it the best advice to be asked or to be suggesting that somebody has an 80% loan to value mortgage at the moment? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's the best advice. Um, but the demand is there and we will, we will be here to meet the demand but in the most uh, risk averse way. Thank you. Okay, brilliant. So you've covered quite a lot already, Andy. So I really appreciate your time. Um, for those of you listening in, Lend Invest offer bridging, buy to let. Um, as Andy said, development, HMO, multi-freehold blocks. If you're a portfolio landlord, then you should definitely have, um, or looking to get into property, you should definitely have Lend Invest on your radar. Uh, Andy mentioned about uh, £40,000 minimum income. That's on the 80% product, my understanding. If you're looking yep. at 75%, it'll be slightly lower than that. Um, yep. And they can look at that from different, different forms of income. So um, speak to your broker uh, or Ramsey and White about how to structure deals and place them with lenders what i would say is lend invest aren't always on like certain sourcing systems they have they like have strong relationships in the finance market um they are on sourcing systems you just have to navigate them so if you're dealing with a fairly new advisor they might be just going on the sourcing system and not knowing how to navigate around it so if you listen to this and you're working with a different brokerage then let them know that you've heard a podcast around lend invest and what products are available to you because they might be actually better placed for your individual circumstances and your project rather than kind of what's on the screen and computer saying yes or no um 
with that mortgage advisor. So that's just my, my experience and I wanted to share that with you. Um, and is there anything else you wanted to kind of share before we sign off today? I think, I think the only thing for, for anybody listening uh, is to say that, that I think the future is, is bright. I think the future is very, very positive for everybody. Um, I'd suggest, and you know, I do, I do say it with a degree of caution. I think everybody needs to make sure that they are um, looking at the trends that are happening in the market. They're looking at uh, the data that, that you're able to read in, the, you know, some of the press. Um, you know, continue to monitor the current situation. You know what the market's doing, the economic climate. Look out for new rules that might come in, any new regulations that come out from the government or the, the you know any of the authorities, because I think that, that changes, if they come, will be very you know there'll be sharp turns, there'll be detours, they won't be trends that appear over a period of time. They'll be very 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 sharp, uh, and the most important thing is to to obviously use the services of of the intermediary that knows how lenders work and is being updated on all of these issues um, and eventualities all the time by people like us in, in the awareness uh, sessions that we carry out with brokers. I think we've seen, um, what do we see? It was a 500 criteria updates across 14 lenders in a space of 48 hours. It was just like, it was just okay we're here now we're over there like how what's, where are we going to place this case so you literally need you know have the relationships finger on the pulse to make sure you can advise accordingly because what's happening yesterday might not be the same today right well absolutely and i am um, the, the latest proposition uh, that we've launched was was put together the week before i went on holiday two 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 and a half weeks ago now so we put it together two and a half weeks ago then then we allow time to get the uh uh all the systems up and running before we actually launch it to the public and we wanted to do it towards the end of the quarter anyway but the point i'm trying to make is during the time when we were researching the market ourselves researching our peers as to what they were doing um all of the changes that were being made were criteria mm. um i then come back from holiday uh i wasn't able to go abroad uh, i then come back came back from holiday and, and there's hardly any more criteria changes out there it's now down to price changes yeah so when you combine criteria changes to price changes to service levels it, it's so important that we as lenders communicate with uh with our intermediaries with you know who are our partners in all of this mm. and to make sure that you're all up to speed with what's going on because the last thing you need or your clients want, your listeners want, is is duff information, out of date information, uh, and nothing that uh, is going to help them when they look to achieve their goal. Yeah, and I think that's the main thing. What what is the goal? What is the goal for the business? And ultimately, a business job is to make profit. And how do you make profit by providing a good service or provi providing a good product and supply and demand? If the demand's there, and you'll be able to supply it then hopefully you can make a profit and that's why i love working with innovative invest uh, lenders like yourselves but also um the clientele we work with you know they're all kind of business owners and property investors and they treat their um property business as a business right and they're building their portfolio they're building a legacy um and it takes bloody hard work to to make that happen so i would say to any investor listening out there then be able to pivot and nimble there's so many business strategies out there that you can apply to your 
portfolio, whether that be HMO, service accommodation, um, student lets, multi-freehold blocks, um, flats, developments, commercial conversions, just get around the people that kind of understand this marketplace, do your research, understand how you can fund these projects. If you kind of go on to various links where you can get the blogs, the updates, I know Lend Invest are always putting uh, data out there in the media, which can help you kind of increase your knowledge on what's happening in the market and what's available to you. But I'd agree about the positivity that you shared just then, Andy, although it's been a, an interesting 2020, um, um, I do wish every business owner every success, but I think you do have to be nimble, you have to be able to pivot. Um, as a business, we're up like 56% since last year. We like, just keep on pushing forward. And I think it's about, for us, getting your head down and staying focused and not being distracted by the noise. I think after two weeks of watching Boris, I decided to turn the telly off and just focus on my business. Like I can't change COVID, but I can change what's going on in my business and what's happening, how we can adapt. Straight away, everyone's set up working from home. We put the systems in place, the communication's there making sure we're updating the clients on the products available and the lending available um, and just keeping the relationships there and keep the business moving forward. I mean, we want to be here for the foreseeable, right? We want to be recognized as one of the best intermediaries in the UK and we're not going to get there by making mistakes. We're going to get there by building great relationships with lenders like yourselves, understanding our clients' needs, wants and goals and just amalgamating them all together and being consistent with that. And, you know, the way I see it is, yeah, the landscape has changed and that will have an impact. But if you can get the mindset right of, do you know, we can get through this, knuckle down, who do I need to speak to and work with to make this and who do I need to ask help? And I think sometimes when you're in business, you're at the top of the ladder in your business and you, and you forget to ask for help because everyone's asking you for help. So if you're a business owner out there, then reach out, you know, reach out. I spoke to I speak to lots, a lot of people think that I'm in competition with all the other, you know, intermediaries in the UK, but yes, we are, I guess, in one way, but in another way, it's like we are supporting each other because there's enough business to go around and you want to see what good practice or best practice looks like or how they're adapting in, in a certain market and you, and you want to be able to share that as well because um, it's good to kind of be in that space and that's a message I'd share. Definitely agree. Cool. Andy, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, I do really appreciate your time. I know you're super busy. Um, guys, again, if you want to find out about more about LendInvest, this was just a quick insight into what they do and how they've adapted and how they're moving forward. I guess the message is they are still here. They're still lending. They've got some fantastic products. They've got an also another product that we didn't even talk about that if you get a deal in with them, then they could potentially forward fund uh, future deals. I believe, is it up to 3 million? Andy, would that be correct in saying I the uh, the appetite statement. Yeah, can we just touch base on that before we before we go? I was going to say that people can reach out to us, but if you can just share a little insight to that, I think it's quite unique. So, so the, the the thing that we recognised is that um, as as an investor, the the issue not only finding the right property, but once you've done all that research, is finding the funding. Um, and we do do so much work with with. Uh, with our existing borrowers and we build a relationship with them uh, and we then find they come back to us time and time again so transposing that into how we can help everybody uh, we launched what we call uh, an appetite statement which basically means if you have an application in with us 
and you have to have an application in, in with us for a purchase or a remortgage. Um, if, if you have an application in with us, we're prepared to, uh, to, to look slightly deeper into what you're doing and what your aspirations are, what your goals are for your own growth of your own portfolio. And we will provide you with, uh, as a borrower, um, an appetite statement. So basically it will be something along the lines of, uh, I'm, I'm an investor of, of, of um, HMO property in the Midlands. Uh, and that's all I want to focus on. Uh, and that's all I want to develop. So we would provide an appetite statement say, to say something on the lines of, and it's a written, it's a written communication. Um, we're prepared to lend you up to say three million pounds uh, at say 75% loan to value for you to go and buy per, go and buy HMO properties in the area in the in the Midlands where you, the area you've identified. So based on what you've told us you want to do, because um, I've just used an example there. Uh, will give you the ammunition to then go out and start shopping uh, in the knowledge that you can come back to a lender who has already uh, lifted the bonnet on your credit, you know, had a look at your, which is why we've talked about the fact there must be an application in place. So what, whilst the bonnet's up, we'll have a look at what else we can do while we're there. Um, and, um, and on that basis, we communicate that to the borrower and the introducing broker. So as you are a team, we join that team. You, the broker, the borrower, together, we will be able to aid you moving forward with uh, a red carpet to future borrowing. It's, it's not um, a guarantee. It's not a, the money's being put aside for you. If your credit changes, if the economy changes, we'll reserve the rights to withdraw it, et cetera, et cetera. There's small print there. Um, but ultimately, if you do what you say you're going to do, uh, we will support you. Um, and that extends to any part of the country, England, Scotland and Wales, um, and uh, multi-unit free old block, HMOs, flats, portfolios. Um, so we could, we could offer many different scenarios. The maximum we would offer would be uh, perhaps £5 million of, of funding and an overall exposure to us of 65% loan to value. Um, but predominantly, we're seeing people applying for £1, £2 million uh, which is in line with what they're looking to do. Brilliant. That's amazing. So if you're listening in, guys, you're looking to build a portfolio, you need funding, Lend Investor pretty much offering a funding facility, which is a funding arm of your business. If you want to look at it that way, a lot of our clients look at Ramsey and White as their funding arm of their business. We step in to help them secure the right funding. Here's a lender that we are associate ourselves with, partner with, to bring you the products that they're offering and they've got some great products and this is a great proposition so if you want to find out more about that then reach out uh, you can get me at joel.white at ramsey and white.com it's ramsey with an ay and i'll be happy to help or one of the team members will be happy to help as well um, again andy just want to say a massive thank you for your time it's always a pleasure and um, i wish you every success for the end of uh, 2020 and you and to everybody listening as well all the best thanks so much cheers andy Thank you.